So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... Maddie Mullins from the band Memphis Mayfire. And we're asking some questions today about their upcoming album, Remade in Misery. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? It's been awesome, dude. Yeah, obviously, you know, um, nine of the 11 songs are already out because um, mm-hmm. we've just been releasing singles over the year. But um, it's been awesome. You know, like the the whole plan and the rollout for it is that it's exactly what we wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I am a little curious, like about the the nine out of the the eleven songs coming out. Like, what was the thought process behind behind that? Yeah, I mean, we just noticed with previous albums that, um, you know, like you have your few singles, and then when a record comes out, um, you know, you you've got super fans that'll dive in like really hard and jam, you know, front to back and. Uh, really digest the whole album but for the most part the way that music is being consumed right now so rapidly um, you know it's a lot about single formats and playlists and things like that is the way that songs are really discovered so the only way to you know get every song on the record playlisted was to release them one by one and let people digest them individually and and have the opportunity to um connect with each song as its own entity rather than as just a part of an album. And then, you know, once the record comes out, people will hear the album in the order it was meant to be heard in. And I think kind of fall back in love with some of the songs that came out months ago. And, Mm -hmm. um, so all around, I mean, it's been, it's experimental for sure. And it's an unorthodox way to roll out a record. Uh, but it's been really cool. But I I think you're totally right because like blood and water was one of my favorite songs that came out last year and like listening through the album again, I'm like starting to like really fall back in love with that song again. So like, I think your plan worked. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much, man. That's very cool. Of course. Sure. Uh, So is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Definitely. Yeah. Um, the album title is remade in misery. Um, another way of saying, you know, forging the fire, so to speak, because I believe that we are, we turn into the best versions of ourselves when we go through the hardest moments in our lives. Like the, the human, the natural human thing to do is like to want life to be easy and comfortable all the time. Um, but that doesn't force any growth. You know, oftentimes our biggest growth moments are when we go through something that's harder than we thought we could handle and we get through it and we learn a lesson and we have a new scar and scar tissues are stronger than skin. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it sucks to go through something that is painful. Um, but without those painful moments, um, we will never transform, you know, and, (laughs) So that's what it means to be remade in misery. The whole record is full of different trials and tribulations in my life that are, I'm sure, similar to so many people's lives because pain is such a universal language. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it's what life looks like. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, sure. And then the cover art, is there any meaning behind that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we had basically um, that, that symbol is not a digital... Um, creation it's actually a physical cutout of um of our logo or like of our symbol that is that was placed in a bunch of different environments smoke and paint like all sorts of things and then touched up digitally after the fact um but that one is just it's uh it's basically it's in this like you know smoky chamber um where it's you know essentially going through the fire you know Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. it's our logo going through the through the fire and being forged in a in a sense definitely wow that's, cool. that's so cool i yeah. love how it all ties together mm-hmm. yeah totally um so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album yeah i mean honestly it wasn't super different than usual um we wrote the record during the pandemic uh which was rad because um 
you know, for most bands, they write in the same environment, but we never have. So it didn't slow us down at all that like I would write at my house and Kellen would write at his house because that's how we've always done things. Um, but one thing that was different on this is that, you know, one of my best friends, Cody, he plays and sings in a band called Wage War. Um, he lives right down the street and we hang out every day no matter what. Oh, that's right? awesome. Like during the pandemic, he was, he was part of my little circle of people that we would hang out with. And he was here every day anyways. I was like, hey, do you want to write one of these new Memphis tunes with me? And he was stoked. And after the first one, just we were like, man, this is this is magic, you know, because we're so close and we're so similar in so many ways. Um, but we're different in all the right ways when it comes to the, the, you know, the writing environment. And we were able to encourage each other and uh, challenge each other. And, you know, had a lot of times where we would track a, a demo vocal at the end of the day after writing, like right here in my studio, and then used that actual vocal on the final record because wow. it was like we were having so much fun that we just got great takes. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was different and I'll definitely write with Cody more in the future. Um, but aside from that, you know, like pretty, pretty standard for us, except we had so much time because yeah. we couldn't mm -hmm. go on tour and we couldn't do anything because of the pandemic. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. That's super cool. And I'm That's glad awesome. that you guys like got to write like in person instead of like doing, doing the zoom sessions and stuff like that. Like you guys got to be in a room and create that magic even during the pandemic. Totally, man. Yeah. Yeah. We were, there was not a single day during the pandemic that Cody and I were not together. So, <laughs> uh, You mentioned that obviously you had a lot more time because we're in a pandemic. Did mm -hmm. you ever find yourself kind of going insane, kind of nitpicking every little song or Definitely. were you just kind of cool about it? Oh no, it was, it, we, it was grueling. I mean, like, you know, the, the, the best songs come together really quick. Mm -hmm. And when a song comes together really quick, you like second guess everything. You're like, wait a second. Is that mm -hmm. Or is that really cheesy? Like, how did that, why did that happen so fast? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'd go back and forth and I do that on every record, honestly. Like I'll go back and recut a vocal two months later, you know, a few days before the record's supposed to come out, you know? And oh wow, um, I, I've always been um, really hard on myself in, in, in a studio environment. So um, yeah, definitely had more time to do that and definitely did that a lot. <laughs> That's completely fair. Yeah. Uh, so, what song off this album took the longest to write, and which one is your personal favorite? Um, the one that I spent the most time on writing was the last track on the record. Um, it's kind of an outro uh, to to the whole album, and it kind of sums the whole album up. I've always been a I've always been a hope enthusiast, and I love to add. Um, a positive twist at the end of a, a negative song. It, that's always been something that I've loved to do. But I realized over the last few years that like when when you're in a really tough season, you're going through something really hard, you don't need a pat on the back from someone saying like, hey, it's going to be okay. Like you need someone to say, hey, I, I've been there too and I get it and mm -hmm. it's hard and I'm sorry that you're going through that. That's what all these songs are on this record and there's not a whole lot of like hope in each song except for the fact that I genuinely believe that a lot of hope in the beginning of healing comes from um, just hearing from someone else's perspective that they're going through something that you are going through and that you're not alone in what you're going through, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, like when the record ties up that way, um, I, I wanted to say a lot. I wanted to say a lot in a short period of time and I wanted it to be really powerful. Um, so it, I spent a lot of time on that one and it's cool. Like there's a lot of really cool like vocal effects and like background things that we use in that tune that we've never used on a record before. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like if people dive into it, it's not a heavy song. It's, it's very different from the rest of the record, but I think when people dive into it, they'll be, 
they'll be stoked for sure it's definitely oh, a super cool song and definitely yeah. a cool song to end off an album on yeah appreciate it um, that's awesome so i want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it oh man um this record's full of a lot of one-liners a lot of fun one-liners for a live setting you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but there's so much dude that's a, i'm on the spot here um <laughs> There's this line in the American dream um, that is in the chorus that felt, it felt so cool that I couldn't believe I wrote it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this, I was like, I'm a fan of this, of this, what just came out. It's very cool. I know that sounds like so stupid and egotistical, but it's rare in no. a writing environment when you're not like just beating yourself up. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I'm constantly beating myself up. So in that chorus, when it says, I need a he said, she said, reset, mm-hmm. give me truth, mm-hmm. give me something to believe in. Um, just that, the, the way that he said, she said, reset sings, like the way that it falls out of your mouth when you say it and everything gives you like a little serotonin burst. It's cool. It's mm-hmm. like, it just feels cool. And, um, and also very relevant for the time that we were going through that, that lyric. And so, um, yeah, I would say maybe that. Hell yeah. That's a good yeah. line. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Uh, so how did the track list for this album come about? Did you guys write the opener to be the opener, closer to be the closer, just kind of shuffle it around? What the fight was within like? was, was always going to close the record. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, it was kind of tough. We were like, man, should we just put the record out um, in the way that we've released songs? Because that way people can kind of digest it the same way. And I was like, no, it, it needs to be cohesive. It needs to feel right. And so... Mm-hmm. I put the track listing together um, probably just like six months ago, like, um, you know, like well after we had already been releasing songs oh, and wow. decided wow. to to leave Misery and The Fight Within as album tracks rather than singles as well. Like those decisions were all kind of made on the fly. The cool thing about the way that we release the record is that with DSPs, really all they need is a four week heads up um, mm. before you, you know, put out a song. So you deliver a song four weeks ahead of time and then four weeks later it comes out. We never had to decide what song was going to be next until four weeks out. So like as we would put out a song, I would decide which one was going to come out next. And it was just kind of this like flow of, you know, what mood am I in and how do I feel and what do I want people to hear next? And um, there's a lot of freedom in it, you know, a lot of it like it felt like a cool creative process that I never really assumed we would have the opportunity to do as a band. Yeah, that's super sick. Wow. I didn't know it was, you could do it that soon. It was that last yeah. minute. Yeah, you totally can. Yeah. Like when, when you put out a record, there has to be this, uh, a pretty lengthy amount of time, um, for, I mean, like artwork and packaging and mm-hmm. like, you know, actual printing of, uh, you know, physical things like the vinyl and like everything that takes a long time. So you have to plan ahead for that and you have to know like what the album release date is. But as far as like a band just being like, Hey, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to put out singles instead of, uh, just dropping three and you know and and we could just do whatever we wanted we could drop whatever whenever and uh and it was super cool it was cool because it felt like it felt like we were excited about new memphis mayfire all year long mm-hmm. yeah true god stokedness you know mm-hmm. For sure and i'm glad that like in terms of the track list you got you didn't like just go down the order and like the track list is the the the, the way that you guys put out the singles because it's like it makes a new listening experience you might have already heard 90 percent of the record but at least like when you're listening through again you're hearing them in a different order totally that that's definitely the goal so i appreciate it oh yeah uh so where was your headspace at while you uh guys were writing this album um 
man, it was tough because the pandemic was like the worst and simultaneously best time ever. You know, we mm-hmm. had uh, watching tragedy after tragedy after tragedy unfold all over the world um, and not being able to go on tour. And, um, you know, like my wife lost her job um, during the pandemic and like all this kind of stuff where a lot of people were just going through a lot. But we were also like, because we weren't allowed to tour, um, all we had was the music. And since all we had was the music, we were so hyper-focused on making songs that we loved and songs that we really wanted to put out um, that that made for some of the best days ever. And me and Cody would come up, we'd write all day, and then we'd invite friends over that night. You know, like we have a bunch of friends just in our neighborhood, our, my next door neighbor, like the house directly across the street is Cody's childhood best friend. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah. So we, we would just, uh, we would jam. Like we would, uh, we just jam the songs together and, and enjoy them and, you know, sit around a bonfire and, and we got a lot of quality time. Like it was like a reset, you know, I got more time with my wife than I've ever had in our entire marriage. Um, mm-hmm. so it was a strange mindset. You wake up and you're like, what absolute insane thing is going to happen today? <laughs> yeah. And also I can't wait to, to get into the studio and, and make more music, you know? So. Oh yeah. Sure. I've, I've never heard that take of the pandemic for whatever reason, we've always just heard the super good or super bad when we talk to artists, yeah. but it's very yeah. nice just hearing both sides. Just like, it's really awful waking up and seeing all this stuff happen. But at the same time, I'm still able to create, hang out with my family and hang out with my friends and enjoy that time. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's miserable um, to only live in a negative space. It's like, obviously mm-hmm. the pandemic was awful for a lot of reasons, but there's awful things that happen every single day around the world. Yeah. And life is short. Life is way too short to take a two year pandemic and waste it sulking in misery when you could be um, being remade in misery. You know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> nice. <laughs> my dad was proud of that one for sure. Um, <laughs> We, uh, yeah, you, 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 life is what you make it. Negative experiences are what you make it. Um, and we tried to definitely make the best of it. So. Oh yeah. For sure. Happy to hear that. Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they play it in the car with friends, start with headphones on? Should they blast at a party, work out to it? What do you personally recommend? Oh man, I don't know. Um, whatever your environment is, you know, like I, I like listening to music and headphones when I'm running, Mm -hmm. but my preference for music is my car. I get so used to like my exact stereo system, the way I have it EQ'd and everything that like, that's how I like to experience it because I know that I have, this is my space to enjoy my music at, at the fullest and like review mixes and make notes and stuff like that. And so when another artist puts something out and they say, Hey, I've done everything I can to make this the best I possibly can. I like to listen to my car just as a tip of the hat, you know, like saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give this the best shot possible. So, I mean, if you, uh, whatever your prime, uh, music listening environment is do it there. If you like to jam while you work out, it's an honor that people use our music for fitness. Um, you know, if you like to, you know, shut yourself in your bedroom for a couple hours and just put your headphones in and, and, you know, say goodbye to the world for a little bit, um, do, do that, you know, but whatever, whatever it is, um, we're just stoked for you to hear it. So. Hell yeah. Perfect. Uh, and I assume you listen to the final masters in your car. Absolutely. Hell Good. Yeah. All right. Very yeah. Every single day. Yeah. Me and me and Kellen and Cody would all be out in the whip jamming like nonstop and i mean like we would listen 
come inside, tweak a tiny thing, go back out to the car. And oh my God. Tweak a tiny thing. So it was kind of a constant process of that for like a year straight. <laughs> wow. So you all listen to the final masters together in the car? Sometimes. Yeah. Me and Cody, oh. like I said, we're literally, when we're not on tour, we're together every single day. So it's like, that's not an issue. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. but like when we're not, like when we are on the road and everything, um, we'd, we'd jam separate. Um, but during the pandemic, we were always together. So. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this question should be super, super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words, no more, no less in three words. Yes. Mm -hmm. Best Memphis yet. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I don't, I don't think that, I think that there's no, there's no way that anybody can argue that. I think that if you prefer one of our older albums, it's probably because it came out at a time when you know it feels nostalgic when you listen to it it makes you feel like you're 16 again and like driving in your first car with your girlfriend and like all these like rad memories that are associated with music um but that doesn't mean it's our best record remade in misery is undeniably undoubtedly our best record ever hell yeah i completely agree yeah thanks <laughs> uh so is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this album to invoke in your listeners yeah definitely um a sense of a sense of community and a lack of isolation. I want people to listen to these songs and it make them feel not emotionally isolated anymore. I hope that people can use it as an emotional release. I hope people realize that, you know, um, the things that I'm going through, the things that they're going through are human things. You're not crazy. Um, you're not a bad person. You don't deserve what you're going through. I'm sorry that you have to put work in to get through what was done to you, but everything will be okay every single day wake up and be thankful for life um and just know that the pain that you're feeling is a universal thing we're all going through this together and i want our music to be a reminder that hey you can you can live through this and you can do it with a community of people that understand you and who you are and know how bad you're hurting you know oh yeah god i like that that was really good mm -hmm. oh, powerful thanks. Uh, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this album? The jam, the jam sessions for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, like we would, it was just me and Cody writing vocals and then we would track. And then as soon as that night, you know, like my wife, his girlfriend, um, our neighbor, you know, like my neighbor, my neighbor's wife, you know, like we would all come up in the studio and we would just rage. We would just like oh. crank it up to 10 and, and jam and get so stoked. And then I would make notes and like, while songs happening, I'm like, Oh, we got to change that tomorrow. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. you know like, just kind of go through it. And we had so much fun. And I mean, like I had like a, a bonfire one night, um, and I invited, uh, just a, a bunch of random people from, and this was like towards the end of the pandemic, I was, I was um i got a new fire pit like a, a metal fire pit that mm -hmm. is like smokeless or whatever and i was like hey, everybody come over and yeah. uh chris caraba and brian head welch uh <laughs> came over that that night and i made some like really whack chili it wasn't even very good and uh like some hot dogs or whatever and we just sat around the fire and i was like you guys want to go hear the new memphis record and i'm like sitting there with two of my friends but people that i absolutely idolized my entire mm -hmm you know, uh, all through my teens and everything. And, and even now I love those guys so much. And we're just sitting here listening to this record and being so excited. That memory specifically was pretty insane. Yeah. That's so sick. Wow. I'm so happy you had that, that moment with cool. them. So cool. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
Uh, so for this question, I want you to picture you're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. You're going in. What is your snack of choice? Oh my gosh. Um, Haribo gummy candies. Uh, <sighs> the snakes, the two snakes together with the one is sweet and one is sour. Mm -hmm. You guys, I, on this last tour, um, the one that we just finished with Dance Gavin Dance, mm -hmm. yeah. I probably consumed an entire bag of Haribo every single day by myself. <laughs> oh my God. Are we talking like the little snack bags? Or are we talking about like the jumbo bags? Not the jumbo. I did buy one of the jumbo ones at Walgreens because they had like the multi-pack. It was like oh, yeah. all of the different Haribos in one. Uh -huh. But to me, like how like kind of hard and chewy Haribo gummy candies are, like how stiff, stale almost they are. Yeah. Is unbelievably addictive it is i cannot is. get enough of it and my band was like dude you really need to stop buying these because i was just going so hard on gummy candies but those snakes my gosh they're addictive are a real treat what about you guys what's yeah. your gas station snack oh my god probably i usually say like sour gummy worms they're just my favorite it doesn't matter the brand well Usually if they're like the super hard ones where it's almost kind of like a taffy, those are yeah. those are a big no for me because gummy okay. gummy shouldn't be like that. But yeah. like, yeah, any other brand, delicious. I usually go for gummy worms. Nice. My, my go-to is usually potato chips. If they have the dill, the Lay's dill pickle, I'm grabbing like four of those. If not, <laughs> you know, salt and vinegar is fine. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what I'm talking about. I also, anytime we're in like a random podunk place and we go to an actual gas station rather than like a truck stop, and it's mm -hmm. a local place they will usually sell local beef jerky from farmers like in the area yeah. and i will always support um like local farms in that way and go in and buy like a bunch of it even though it's like 30 bucks for a small bag right <laughs> yeah yeah but that's a lot of fun for me like just trying different local stuff food is actually a a huge motivator for me like with touring even when times are like tough on the road and everything i love 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 trying different restaurants and eating at places that I never would have gotten to go to if I wasn't, you know, on tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. Indian food in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming. Oh, you know, it's going to be good. It was literally like the only restaurant for miles and miles and miles. And this beautiful Indian family had this restaurant right there across from this crappy hotel where our bus was parked. And I was walked in and I was like, man, this is wild. And it was the best garlic naan mm -hmm. and the best butter chicken I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. ever. Yeah. I oh, was yeah. like, this is ins it's insane, you know? So that, that kind of stuff is really fun on the road. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. You can always trust those smaller um, restaurants to always bring through like the best food ever. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, so on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be and why? barbecue for sure dude all right um memphis fire the whole nine right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i'm really into barbecue um like actually barbecuing i i like to um to do that and so we've actually talked about doing like our own barbecue sauce or our own hot sauce oh, or yeah. like Please. rubs and things like that i think yeah. that would be really cool um but yeah yeah memphis may fire and just like the guys in the band the music we make um the roots of the band like being from dallas and everything like we're a barbecue band for sure oh yeah oh yeah definitely yeah uh, so for these last couple of questions we're actually going to shift away from music if that's okay with you yeah totally great so we're actually going to go straight to death row boom so if you're on death row what would your last meal be with a drink holy crap we like uh, food sorry <laughs> yeah 
that changes often, I think. Mm -hmm. um, my answer to that would change, but I would say right now, um, a California burrito from Alejandro's in Carlsbad, California, um, with a um, limoncello uh, LaCroix. Nice. Oh, LaCroix. Wait, what's in the burrito, though? I've never been. So, a California burrito, a proper California from SoCal, right? California okay. burrito is very simple. It's carne asada, fridge, mm -hmm. super crispy french fries, Ooh. sour cream, and sometimes guacamole. And then um, they'll put all that in the tortilla and then they'll uh, like pan fry the tortilla. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just dice into it and you've got juicy steak, crispy fries, uh, the sour cream aspect of it and mm -hmm. it just all just kind of melts together and just in this like crunchy chewy you know tortilla-y like heaven it's heaven that sounds so fucking good I and have I'm to find vegan that. and that sounds fucking good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean um, if you're gonna go if you're in San Diego uh, Lolita's claims to be like the inventor of the California burrito it's a really really solid California burrito Lolita's is awesome but if you're in Carlsbad Carlsbad and you can find the little tiny drive-through called Alejandro's get the California burrito there it'll change your life all right okay bucket list definitely on my bucket list for this year yeah uh so where if you could you where you guys live I'm in New Jersey I'm in Virginia okay cool yeah. so it'll be a while yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh cool. so if you could live in one fiction world for a week where would you live I don't really know what a fiction world is like a comic, a TV show, a movie, oh, yeah, fictional good. world. Um, I thought you were talking about like the worlds that my nephews build in these video games. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. Oh. I mean, unless you want to live in one of those, that's fine too. Yeah, yeah that's cool. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's so hard. Like what, a, would, what would your guys' be? Give me some inspiration. Oh, shoot. Dire of Wimpy Mine's Kid. Mine's changed. Oh, oh no! I used to say Peaky Blinders, but I don't want to live there anymore because it kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, I don't know, honestly. Maybe because he's like right in front of me. Maybe like one of Bob Ross's paintings. I don't know. I feel like it'd be nice. Nice. That would be cool. Shane, what did you say? Diary of Wimpy Kid. Oh, really? Diary of Wimpy Kid. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with um, Homeward Bound, nice. um, oh. and go on the journey with the two dogs and the cat. I think that would be pretty lit. Hell yeah. I haven't seen that movie in years. It's so save good. Him, save him from, from the blood red van, you know? Just mm -hmm. Is that the same movie where the dog gets like pricked by porcupines? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good Chance, one. Sassy, and I can't remember the, the Golden Retriever. I can't remember what his name was. It's been forever. Yeah. Guess we got to watch it again then. Yeah. Just Solid. To... Solid Let's all get in a watch yeah. party. We'll watch it later. <laughs> Uh, so I have the honor of asking the last question and every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. What is your favorite color? Black. Nice. Mine too. I know Perfect. it's technically a shade or, or whatever, um, but it's, I mean, it is my entire wardrobe and it is the color of my car mm -hmm. and it is the color of every single thing that I possibly can find like i paid twice as much on this tour for a camping chair at dick sporting goods because it was the black one <laughs> dude 
<laughs> That's yeah, great. Do you have your priorities? That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We, me and all, me and all the boys, we all pretty much stick to black. Fair enough. That's fair. Uh, so as Glory said, that's all the questions we have to say. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Remade Misery comes out June 3rd. Um, I am so incredibly proud of this record. So happy about it. Um, so stoked on the response so far. If, um, if you haven't listened to us before, please go check it out. If you have heard us and, and, uh, maybe didn't get into the last couple albums or whatever, we've been around forever. I get it. Um, check this one out. I think it'll change your mind. I think you'll be excited. And, uh, the Octane Presents Remade in Misery tour starts next month. Check out the dates at memphismayfire.com and come out and see us at a show. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you for now. This has been Maddie Mullins from Memphis Mayfire, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>